you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Always wear sunscreen outdoors. Gotta do it. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. I'll do it if I'm on, like, the golf course. Um... If I'm at the beach, but not everywhere I go, I'm not powder. I I typically venture outside. No, you're you're it. a man who wears um, his tan if he was out doing some yard oh, yeah. work. That it. that um that drop is not true. It was not true of our our great friend Wes. Uh, he often would not put the uh, sunscreen on his dome. We're gonna have uh, Daniel Jeremiah in. Uh, later this week, what on Wednesday, and uh, yeah, famously West just burned the hell out of the top it was of his at a head when he went to a Padres game with Lakeisha, a Padres Cardinals game a few years back, and yeah, I think that's one thing. Uh, the guys that shave their heads or are just bald, um, you know, sometimes you have the horseshoe bald guys, but you don't see that so much anymore. By the way, you ever notice that? Human heads are evolving. Remember, it used to no, be. No, people just shave it down. If you it doesn't bald, look good. You look older oh, no, if you yeah. just. You're going, you're it's going, like I'm banging them bald. Yeah, and now I have up. this like math teacher We've cleaned uh, that up. ring around. Which, by the way, if you're yeah. listening and you have that look, I'm not taking shots. I'm just saying you don't see it you're as much saying, anymore. Grow up a little and just shave the rest. Well, you can get with the times. You, it's not a death sentence being bald. You shave it. And like Wes is a perfect example. Nice shaped head. Uh, I thought he looked a lot better once he went. He was fully shorn compared to the photos we saw when he was younger and and losing it. What but. was up with um like friars? Remember their haircuts? They've got a full head of hair and Bad they shave the top of the head. It's a disgrace. Bald. I don't know what we're doing there. It's a disgrace. Is I, it to to make yourself less attractive so you're not tempted if you're in that position? I guess. I mean, if that's the history, it's pretty messed up. <laughs> but it probably worked. No ladies are into friars. No, not typically. All right, where are we? We are we are we're not Tuesday. We're Tuesday. We're Tuesday. We are not at the hotel, um, the Biltmore in Phoenix, but that's where the NFL annual meetings are um, this week, also known as the owners' meetings. And you know the timing of the show. And I think I might have said last week that uh, DJ was going to be on our Tuesday show. No, be on the lookout uh, tomorrow when we roll out a DJ special. Tonight, today we decided there were so much, so many little nugs, big and small, that came out of the Monday owners' meetings. Greggy, why don't we just dig through it and kind of cull through the sound? Because uh, I don't know about you, Greg, but I, as the day went along, on Monday into Tuesday, it, it struck me that it felt a little more newsy than the typical owners' meetings. And we got the uh, rules. Although the rules were less newsy, I feel like, than they usual. Were almost, but you're they right. were almost playful. There, there are a number of issues sort of hanging around uh, at this time of year that aren't necessarily, that we're waiting for some big ones to drop, but a lot of little nuggets. So I, th- these are like my favorite sort of news days. Where it's just but if you, take away the, if you take away the, the dual quarterback narratives that have been hanging out right. 
the Lamar and Aaron Rodgers. If you removed all of that, then it'd be normal. I would say, yeah, even less than normal. I think. I, I think that's know. just like these dramas continue. There's little. There's news each day. There's new developments each day. You got Lamar tweeting left and right. You got you know dropping his tweets right before John Harbaugh talks. I mean, it was well nice, played drama. Nice transition point right there. Yeah. Let's get into all the news from Phoenix and beyond. Wow, the organization's worth that much? And, you know, I couldn't get free coffee? (laughs) That is, of course. I mean, who else could it be? But Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Dolphins, who was answering a question about uh, the Washington football team, uh, who he was connected with at a, a point in his career, and... I guess he didn't get free coffee when he was there. Read into that however you want. I mean, I'm just reading in the the facts. Who doesn't get free coffee at work? An NFL team that's about to be sold for $6 billion. It's happening, Washington fans. You only have to hang on for, it sounds like, maybe like even only a month more. There's reports of two different bids over $6 billion, which is what Snyder was looking for. The long reign is almost over. Don't so that's the good. Jinx it. Almost. Yeah, I, do know. Not, just don't say I know people word. were hoping it might happen this week, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be this week, but, but it really feels like this offseason. We'll circle back uh, to Washington just okay. a little bit later, but let's start where we have to start, which which is Lamar Jackson. So the way this timed up was um, as the coaches settled in, and you guys have been at the uh, – Greg uh, Mark, paint a picture, the owners' meetings, and uh, specifically the, the coaches' breakfast, as it's known. Yeah, you have the AFC one day, and the next day would be the NFC, or they'd flip-flop that. And you've got 16 16- – round tables with chairs around them so that each of the coaches can sit down for an hour. And a lot of them have come from um, about three or four hours of sleep after a late night of drinking. That's sort of what happens at these owners' meetings, too. And they're barraged by their local beat reporters and national reporters with uh, questions of the day. And, and Harbaugh you know, sat down um, literally at the moment, like Lamar Jackson had just sent out this tweet that we'll get into about his yes. whole situation. I think two minutes after Harbaugh said that. Right. And so and probably, not a, probably not a coincidence. <laughs> not I would guess. All. Well planned. Um, but here is the tweet that Lamar uh, sends out just as John Harbaugh sits down. In regards to my future plans. <laughs> and I set up. I like it. Give me some uh, missive music. This feels missive Great setup. I wish he used a colon after plans, though, but we won't dock him. In regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that has met me or been around me, I love the game of football, and my dream is to help a team. Win the Super Bowl. There's an extra. There's a little more to that. But okay. Yeah. But you get the gist. Yeah. Greggy, uh, then, of course, Harbaugh is asked about it. Um, do we have Harbaugh sound? Here's what Harbaugh had to say on the topic. We made a decision to go with Lamar Jackson five years ago, right? Why? Because we love him. We love him. <laughs> we love the way he plays. We there love we his mindset, his charisma, his style, uh, the way he is in the locker room, everything about him. We love him. I love him personally. I love being the coach of the team that he's playing quarterback for. So that's what you do. You know, you build the team around your players, and and that's what I'm excited to do. Lamar is a great guy, and Lamar's doing a nice job with the negotiations, and I think that needs to be said. People need to understand he's doing a good job, okay? And Eric's doing a good job. And and Eric's getting advice from Ozzie and from Steve 
and all those things are being discussed. Yeah, I'm involved in those conversations too, so I know where we're at. There really is no frustration other than the natural, normal, hey, this is how pro football works, you know, and I think, you know, Lamar believes in us and we believe in Lamar and, and we know where we want to go forward. So it's a monetary thing that can be figured out, that can be worked out. That's just a matter of negotiating and I think we just continue down that road and eventually it'll get, it'll, it'll, it'll work out. There's always going to be creative ways to figure that stuff out. Yeah, my takeaway from Harbaugh, um, the way he approached that was even though Lamar's out here saying trade me, there still does seem a path forward between these two teams. It's still a financial situation. And, and quite frankly to me, Greg, the fact that no team has emerged and aggressively sought out Lamar is the best possible situation for Baltimore, who I think do want to stay in business with the quarterback ultimately. Well, they, they better. What else are they going to do? They don't have anything. They got Snoop Huntley. Uh, who was well, pro- I'll tell you what well, they would do. If, if if he did end up leaving the team, they'd probably take a reset year and then attack the quarterback position I either mean, this draft or the next. Or they I have get multiple first-round picks. I get it, but Don Harbaugh was close to losing his job when Lamar Jackson showed up and saved it. I, I believe John Harbaugh wants Lamar Jackson to be there with every fiber of his being. It's not really uh, up to him. And so I agree with, with your take, Dan, that he's trying to keep the lights on. Um, but we're all in a hurry cause we all cover this each and every week, but there's really nothing other than the draft coming up. That's a flashpoint here for Lamar. And is it, I, is it a flashpoint. Maybe we should do a flashpoint. However, flashpoint should almost lift the veil on something that's right. about to happen. This mm. is happening. It also said drive through the executive producers of the project, which is you and I. That's I also, also would have yeah. liked um, to hear the Flashpoint <laughs> theme song there. Not yeah, a... he, he kind of missed it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go, Justin. I, I guess my point in, in raising that with the with the Ravens, though, is at some point in in the draft is, is kind of the point if we get past it and he's still on the team. The Ravens are truly like truly need him more than they than he needs them now he wants the contract he wants everything that comes with it but i think we've f- seen with lamar jackson and i think they know this too that i i actually think he would stand on principle and just not play and and they they are in a tough spot too it's been almost talked about that it's like a money thing they don't want to pay the money they're not going to pay the money lamar's being stupid about the money but they need him as a player and so that I'm not really sure how that gets worked out here, and we'll see if another team steps up. I, I'm with you in the sense that there is a storyline here where we get to the summer, and this is not figured out, and Lamar Jackson does not play this season. I just think it I, – I, I don't think you tweet out – I think everyone loses. Let's just be clear. Everyone loses, including Lamar, if that's yeah. how this plays out. I, a, right. a great athlete in his prime. I, if, a couple months ago, if we had said Lamar Jackson is going to be available in a trade, I think the common – understood theory would be that a bunch of teams would come running. I, you have you have instead the opposite, where it's like you have Jim Irsay, who the Colts have been the most logical landing spot, right? Jim Irsay, during these owners' meetings, said, I am not interested in this guaranteed money. I'm interested in paying him, and we can find a way to make a, a fair deal, but the guaranteed money is a real sticking point with these teams. They don't want to do it. And, you know, it's funny because it's like Laramie Tunzel signed that contract a couple weeks ago, and to me, he never had an agent, and I never really, you didn't really even notice that. I'm noticing it with Lamar Jackson. The idea that he is operating agent-free and that he shouldn't have had a deal a year ago, if not two years ago, Josh Allen has made $67 million over the last two years. Lamar Jackson, 25. But that, they were drafted in the same class. Right. Well, Josh Allen made 
what, $20 million more off the top of the, because he was drafted well, That's high, fine, but, but it's because but, he's got a second of, deal with an agent. part of that story, too, is that the Ravens were not giving Lamar Jackson anything close to Josh Allen's contract at the time, which now looks like a great deal for the Bills. But that was the whole reporting was that he, they weren't offering anything close to the, the market deal at the time. I mean, I, I'm with you. Uh, it, it's all a mess. It might be different if he did uh, have an agent. But I think at this point, like... But that he has also got this. There, you know, it, this is the problem because you this Ken Francis figure who emerges from the mist, who is contacting teams a week ago on behalf of Lamar Jackson, which is against league rules. And ultimately, I know the pro, like the league seems to not be doing too much about that kind of thing. But that's the kind of thing that could null and void the concept of a deal. Yeah, you and know, that reporting's you know, been like, questioned too. Okay, it's but it's I mean, teams are concerned about like the fact that Lamar Jackson is being contacted through others by other people. Like that's not how the, he's meant to act on his own behalf. He's the only person who should be talking to these teams. But I guess my thing is just like it. Everyone's in a hurry for all this, and like I'm more willing to like see what we're where we're at the, after the draft because the reporting in terms of the Colts that they're very open to it. Like to me, sounds like at some point they're gonna make an offer. I, well, I would think that's more likely than not. To that point, transition. So since uh, Lamar dropped that tweet, that became obviously a talking point. It maybe would have been either way, but especially once Lamar puts himself in the news cycle in a pointed way like that. So Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, uh, he was asked about Lamar. And of course, when you talk about Lamar, it connects immediately to what is said to be Lamar's ultimate driving goal is to get a fully guaranteed deal. And Ursay had this to say, as an owner, I do not believe in fully guaranteed contracts. I think that a percentage is one thing, but from what I've seen from the NBA and baseball, I don't see it as a positive competitively. Now I want to play something uh, Pete Carroll, who was asked about Lamar Jackson and whether Lamar former MVP, 26 years old, was ever considered before they made the decision to move forward with Geno Smith. Was Lamar Jackson ever considered an option for you guys? No, I, I couldn't imagine he would be available, and we couldn't afford him. Couldn't afford him. And then I'll just because it connects to the other big story, uh, Joe Douglas, GM of the Jets, was asked about Lamar. Would he be a fallback player if the Aaron Rodgers negotiations dragged out to a point where the Jets felt like they needed to pivot? Yeah, well, first of all, Lamar Jackson's a fantastic player. Um, but you know where where we stand is, you know, it would be disingenuous in in operating negotiating bad faith if we went down that path. Um, so right now we have our plan, we have our process, and we're sticking to that. And finally, I'll read a quote from Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, because so much of this is the ground zero is what happened a year ago with Deshaun Watson. Jimmy Haslam, you always wonder. My, I wonder, like, if the Browns could do it again, would they do it? Like right here, right before we even know if, if, if Watson will ever be a player of that level again, would they go through it all again? Here's what Haslam said about that now infamous decision to give a fully guaranteed contract uh, as it continues to. Uh, what was the what was the analogy I made that I was quite proud of myself? Do you remember the? I analogy mean, there are a I few made? of those, but I, you could have, I, <laughs> you kind of have to narrow that down more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get, I wanna, it will come to me. Okay. Here, Jimmy Haslam, every team, every business has to look and do what they think is in the best interest of their team. What did what did We did what we thought was in the best interest of our team. We still feel that way. So we're excited to, if you will, have that stuff behind us this time last year. How many games is he going to play? Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? He's going to be there the whole season now. And barring injury, heaven forbid, he's going to play all 17 games and hopefully more. That I think alone 
that I think alone is a bigger leap to the organization, to Deshaun, to all of us. I mean, and Haslam is very comfortable. I just feel like over his entire run in Cleveland playing something of a villain because at these owners meetings, when you're sitting in these rooms and they're discussing and talking about things that we'll never hear, it's like Haslam has created this problem for the Ravens. He's created this problem for the rest of the teams around the league. And I think other owners are trying to pivot and say, we're not following your lead. We're not, we don't, Jim Irsay is saying he does not feel comfortable with this kind of a deal. But I think it's also the environment that you don't feel comfortable with is 30-plus other owners saying, don't do this. Well, it's clear Lamar Jackson's not getting a fully guaranteed contract uh, and that he's not even going to ask for a fully guaranteed. I think he's looking for something. I think it's we think about Watson as the thing totally getting in the way. But Kyler, too. I think Ky- he looks at Kyler as a player uh, that he wants to top that contract, and it sounds like no one's you know stepped up or the Ravens haven't stepped up to, to that point either. Haslam would be insane, though, uh, to redo that Watson deal right now, knowing what he knows. But they he can't, can't they, say that, though. And they can't even think that way. And I'm sure in their minds, they can't even think that way, at least vocalizing it. Like, they have to be all in and just make it work because you absolutely have to think that way. But it'd be insane to redo that deal, knowing what we know now. Are you kidding me? Exxon Valdez spill, 89. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Prince William Sound. Wait, is that that's the Watson contract? Yeah, it's an oil spill where the uh, uh, ramifications and consequences continue. You were proud of the analogy because I mispronounced it, I, Valdez. Oh, that, that made it a double win. Right. Because you, you stuck the, to your guns on Valdez. Well, I, 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 I don't know if I stuck yeah. to my guns, but it would turn into a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing about... about that Part of me thinks pr- that you remembered what it was... But you didn't want me to remember because then it would bring up the Valdez, Valdez thing again. Yeah, but yeah. I literally That's did just I literally did, I did just bring it up though. <laughs> he like, thinks you did that. I'm I heard from some <laughs> listeners who said that Valdez Valdez is one of those like tomato tomato. Both pronunciations are acceptable, and one is just more common. Well, one's correct you, and one's wrong. Why, well, why have like, you kept that gon- under your vest until now? Gondola, would... gondola, like which one is really right? You know, no, gondola. gondola is not. <laughs> Even that was another Sessler debate we had. Why does he wait till now to share that information <laughs> rebound, that there's controversy? Rebound, like, say it however you want, right? <laughs> Graver's yeah, on right. fire right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you guys want to throw one out that you were uh, you found interesting, or do you want me to just kind of roll through it? I, I could go either way. Well, let's let's get the top level stuff first. Do we have anything else on the Lamar situation? I feel like no, we covered it pretty no, well. No, that's okay, it. we will next show. <laughs> um, let's start with Goody, who uh, we heard from, and I, I think gave us more information than, frankly, I was I- expecting to get at the owners' meeting from the Packers about the whole Rodgers trade talk. Is there any scenario that you'd be comfortable making a trade without Ooh. getting a first-round pick back? Yeah, I mean, I think you know um, it's it's uh, that's not a necessity, but at the same time. Um, you know the value of the player is, is he's a premier player. You know, so I think getting premier picks back for that is or players is uh, is important. They uh, followed up that comment, which I think was noteworthy, uh, with some more reporting. And the reporting got specific that it's like maybe it'll be a two this year and it'll be a two next year, but it can move up to a first potentially depending on what the you know how the Jets do and they might be arguing over whether it's stats based or whether Rodgers is still on the team and it depends on Are you on referencing which... the Charles Robinson Yahoo yeah, report? Yeah, that was Robinson. It was shockingly they're... specific in yeah. terms of what the terms were. Right. He was very specific but you've also heard some of the insiders at our network speak to it in a, in similar tones but maybe not quite as specific making me think they, they had similar information. Just like this thing's so close 
And I get while they're fighting over everything and, and the players might be involved and that, that matters, uh, but no one's worried about it at all, which is why we, we've been treating it as a non-story, I think, over the last week and a half because we're going to find out. And I think now, Dan, you kind of know what the terms roughly are going to be, which is probably a couple uh, picks that aren't first-round picks. Yeah, if, they, if they're if they saying with that... Some, with some conditions. They're not... If he's publicly saying... In Arizona, we're not necessarily looking for a first-round pick. At this point, it's already decided. It's not going to be, to me, a situation where the heels are so dug in that something truly ugly happens. They should be able to figure Nobody's it out. Nobody's worried. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the, the reason I think that the Jets also should dig in a little bit, and I, this tells you that, you know, they're getting into the nitty-gritty, is that there's no, we're going to do this again with Aaron Rodgers next offseason. We don't know that he's going to play for two years. And so it needs to be incentive-based, or I think part of it was like if they reached the AFC title game or hosted a divisional round playoff game, certain picks and stuff could change a little bit. And the might want it to be, does he play in 2024? Absolutely. And Goody mentioned the players there. So that's sort of just something to put a pin in and we'll find out. But uh, I think we learned about that. And Rapsheet mentioned that this... There is a world, and it's, it doesn't seem improbable at this point, where, yes, it's going to happen, and uh, there's a lot of money tied up into whether it's the post-June 1st trade and how that all plays out, but this could go right up to draft week is sort of the feeling to some degree that it wouldn't be improbable for that to occur. And I wonder, because being the general manager is such a front-facing job, and there's so much um, interest in terms of what the Packers are going to get from Rodgers if Goody is kind of massaging the message a little bit and just letting the fan base know a little bit too, like, hey, do not kill me when this trade comes through and it's not a first-round pick. I've already dropped a breadcrumb to be ready for how this goes down. Hopefully soon. We'd like to move forward. Uh, how about you, Mark? Anything that uh, somebody jumped – something jumped out to you from I thought – Robert Kraft on a number of topics. Number one, he dropped the nugget that Meek Mill had texted him saying that Lamar Jackson wanted to play for the Patriots. So there's that. And it's just like you're getting the full Robert Kraft experience. But I mean, come on, man. Well, as as my daughter's fifth grade friend said to me, as like I sang along to some song uh, on the way to a movie uh, together, it's like that's very cringe. You know, it's like Robert Kraft is cringe sometimes. There's with no the way that it's with the Meek Mill references. He, there's no way that it can't be. But, wow, uh, Greg, you've never had anything critical before to say about. Bob and his That's sneakers so or not, anything else. I think you well, have. not about the There's, sneakers. There have I have been a couple <laughs> things. In fact, I have many times on this show that I did I don't like it when the th- when the three guys are battling. Like it's like, oh, Belichick, Kraft, and Brady, the three pillars. And I, I get it, but like let's not make it. My this other equal. side to this was I thought that he was a little just a little bit chilly on the mm-hmm. future of Belichick because we know that Belichick is thirty wins away from chasing Don Shula's record. And do we have Robert Kraft on that? Look. I'd like him to break Don Shula's record, but um, I'm not looking for any of our players to great, get great stats. That isn't, we're, we're about winning and doing whatever we can to win, and that's what our focus is now. And um, I, it's very important to me that we uh, make the playoffs and that's what I hope happens next year. And this married into a a lot of flowery comments about Jared Mayo, who they love and who he talked about as someone he hoped might even be a head coach for the team down the road at some point. And then I thought the icing on the cake. Did that sound like a playoffs or bust mandate? A little bit. I think so. The icing on the cake was they asked about Matt Patricia and that whole utter debacle from a year ago. And listen to what he had to say here. I think he got put in a difficult position. And I think it was 
sort of an experiment. Um, and he worked very hard at it. And in retrospect, I don't think it was a, the right thing. But, and I feel bad for him because he's such a hard worker. He got put in a difficult position. That is by far, Greggy, and you've been following this team as closely as anyone, the most public in terms of criticism Belichick has ever gotten from his head coach, right? I mean, certainly since the Brady years started, and it really does feel like Kraft is letting the public know that, yeah, like Bill doesn't just get – I mean, the way to me, like that question, the first question that got set up where it was like – uh, what was it? The Don Shula business. If, if it happens again, a losing season, could Bill's job be in jeopardy? Or is he here to break Don Shula's all-time wins record and beyond? Like, the way to easily answer that question is, like, what Bill, what Bill Belichick has done for our organization, you can't put a price on it. You can't even begin to explain how important he's been for us. And we want Bill to be here for the rest of his career. Like, and you can just leave it there. You didn't hear that. And you don't have headlines. Instead, he w- made a pointed reference to say, like, listen, records are good, but that, that we don't just keep people around just to break records. And I want to be in the playoffs next year. This is a, a big subplot around this team now. Absolutely. Uh, it started at the beginning of the offseason when they released the statements to explain how Gerard Mayo is going to stay. And they said what his new title is going to be. I think they might have even mentioned that he got a raise in the statement. And just like people covering the team were like, it's amazing. And that was clearly Robert Kraft saying, I don't care how you normally do things that they don't have real titles and we don't announce it till four months later and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm announcing this now and this is what we're going to do. And it was felt like a bit of Kraft taking control back of the organization. He's 81 years old, Robert Kraft, too. Mm. I don't think he wants to stick around at, at 7 and nine, seven and 10, all that stuff. And uh, you're absolutely right. I think it might be a playoff or bust scenario. Uh, old BB. One kind of funny, during the setup to that initial question, a reporter said, you know, you guys have posted a losing record in two of the last three seasons. And then Kraft interrupted the reporter and he goes, uh, we were eight and nine last year. When was the, and then the reporter's like, the Cam Newton year. And Kraft was like, oh, the Cam Newton. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, like everyone else, yeah. uh, Kraft forgot that the Cam Newton year exists in Patriots history post Tom Brady. It was, it was uh, the <laughs> pandemic year. It was a tough time uh, for everyone. Uh, when did they go? Seven? They went eight and nine that year, too. I don't even no, remember. No, that was uh, seven, seven and nine. And nine yeah. Seven and nine. Um, So, yeah, that's interesting. I thought that was almost like the most fascinating thing that came out of the the whole day. I'm with you. And and then they asked Bill Belichick, what's the reason fans should be optimistic for what's ahead? What what would you say to them to give them a reason to be optimistic for what's ahead? (laughs) The last 25 years. (laughs) He really, you got to watch the YouTube show. The He sits there kind of rocking in his chair, staring at the reporter, uh-huh. then thinking what he's going to say. And, and that question is coming from two feet away from Mike Reese, who knows just how to ask it and who has been in Foxborough as long, uh, maybe longer uninterrupted uh, than Bill Belichick, actually. And and hearing Tom Curran, who asked another one of these key questions for Kraft, and hearing his interpretation of like, Hmm, Belichick's usually the, like, we're not resting on past uh, history, and we're certainly not worried um, about individual honors over 
uh, the team and everything. And that Kraft is really trying to say, like, look, this has been your rules for for 20 years. I'm going to make you play by your rules. And uh, it's saucy. It's saucy. All right, we got a lot more to get to, but let's first take a quick break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we're back. Mark, something else that jumped out to you? I guess you could go to the sort of split response on Brock Purdy from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. I thought you would be interested in that. Well, just, I mean, I think that, you know, and they seem to always sort of be on the same page about things, um, but... John Lynch was very optimistic about the concept of Brock Purdy coming back in time for training camp. I'll leave the leader in the clubhouse at that. You know, I'll let Kyle make those kind of decisions, but I know when we talk, I think Brock's probably earned that right to be the be the guy. If we were to line up, he'd probably take that first snap. And I'm um, really excited about where Trey is at with his uh, progress from his injury. Uh, he's been working really hard and, um, you know, uh, love the opportunity to be able to bring in Sam Darnold and his skill set. We think it's a really good fit, and uh, so we like that. We like that room a lot. 49ers fangirl courtesy there. Yeah, I mean, and Shanahan talked about the fact that you know you're not going to have Purdy until maybe even weeks into the season, and even mentioned that Trey Lance. Part of it is like, what is the future of Trey Lance? Is he tradable? Um, is he actually having a chance? Lynch mentioned, you know, there's a chance he could start again, but Brock Purdy is in the fly in the ointment here. And Shanahan mentioned Trey Lance and Sam Darnold even competing for the starting job early on in the season. Now we believe Trey can be that. I think he would have done it last year if he stayed healthy. Um, the good thing for him is with Brock being hurt and stuff, he has an opportunity to try to regain that and everything. And that's also why we brought in Sam because we can't be mm. set for sure on Brock because you never know how the injury will go. We think it will go well and we're optimistic about it. But right now that's on hold. Mm. I mean, Shanahan, it's an early morning. Wouldn't surprise me if he was one of those coaches that was out late. Mm. It feels like it surprised me if he wasn't. He's got a lot of friends there. And it looks like it, it might have been he looks a late pretty night, tired. But, but – <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be on camera here. I'm going to put it together. My hair is going to look good. And you're not going to really know that I was the guy out there late last night. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I mean, yes, I, that's I, important. I would say there's some indication he was one of those I, guys. I just hear, based on the, the, I what, guess what I'm saying, though, is some come in, though, and they're just – they put the hat on. They're sort of, like, grumbling. They're haggard. He's at least trying to put a good face on it is yeah, what I'm trying to say. Nice head of hair. Uh, how about – by the way, Sam Darnold's starting for this team. There's no question about it. Well, they say well, there's reports connecting Purdy to like mid-September, maybe. Right. When they say that at this point in the offseason, that's that's usually, usually like a sign. it's a bad sign. But maybe why are you mid-season. so confident? Is it injury related for Trey Lance or you just think he's going to beat out Trey Lance? I don't I mean, it's I not like it's been a leadership like, change. I just think they like Sam Darnold and the, the fact that Trey Lance is going to split reps with him right off the bat. And I know Trey Lance is coming off an injury and that that's part of it too. And there's a little buzz of like, is Trey Lance ever going to take snaps for the 49ers again? Could this just be Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy this year? I think and, you can trade Trey Lance. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like if it starts looking, hmm. I just, I think they're excited about Sam Darnold and, and we'll see if they stay excited. If they trade Trey Lance, I mean, I mean, his value is higher than Zach Wilson who's taken a pick before him, I would think, but, 
are they that much different in terms of if you put them on the market, what are you expecting to get back? You're probably going to have to eat salary, right? And you're maybe maybe a mid-round pick. Maybe you could talk someone into a three. I just don't think he's shown enough in addition to the injury issues to have much trade value. And I mean, I, I am pro-Brock mm. Purdy to the end of days, but I also would feel like, yes, that was a magical run, but do you not need to see a little bit more from him post-injury before you move Trey Lance and roll with Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's a big offseason for Lance. I think, yeah, depending on how he looked in the preseason, if he played and, and looked good, uh, you, you make a good point. He would not have amazing trade. I think there'd be a difference. Zach Wilson, you'd maybe get very little for, and Trey Lance would be like a mid-round pick, but that's pretty disappointing when you traded three first-round picks you, to go get right, him. Right, and you, <laughs> I'm a Darnold fan, obviously, but I, if I'm running the Niners, like I am giving Trey Lance yeah. a chance. Absolutely. Like that a, way I know. Right. Like I have this window here where I have Purdy on the shelf, and now we could give Lance some run and, and really know for sure whether or not the guy that you were drafting is who you thought or hoped he was. Anyway, it's it's not controversial. Trey Lance actually said a couple a while back that Brock Purdy deserved the starting job, which is a strange thing for him to say. Deserve. All right. Anyway, um, Washington. I'll circle back real quick to Washington. Chase Young. They were asked about Chase Young, um, who obviously was drafted, came into the league as a high first round pick, a potential generational talent. On the edge, his fifth-year option needs to be picked up. And I thought it was interesting hearing this when we talk about what's going on with uh, the sale and ownership and how that affects a team when you're trying to get ready for a new season and build toward the future. Here's what Ron Rivera said. It's one of those things that you've got to really think it through. You've got to be able to plan it out. Um, And with the uh, situation we're in right now, waiting on, like everybody else, to find out, you know, ownership, we, you know, we got to kind of, drag our feet a little bit until we get to that point and find out, you know, Hmm. do we have to find out from whoever the new owner should. But to be honest, if there's a new owner, we have to go to them and find out. You know what I'm saying? So I I don't know at this point. I mean, when the head coach is saying things like we have to drag our feet feet a little bit and we have to wait before a deal and it's the sale of a it's like an upwards of $10 billion sale. These things don't happen overnight quickly. The whole organization is in gridlock right now. It feels like six six billion, right? Ten billion was succession. They got (laughs) ten. I think literally uh, that's where I came from. From the fake CNN. uh, Yeah. I'm trying to think of the the name. And by the way, the conservative network is ATN. Which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, that's but- annoying. I think they paid too much. I think they paid too I much. I do not care what the Watchman Post says. <laughs> anyway, so that uh, is interesting. It's crazy. And Rivera, yeah, they asked about this all happening, you know, under his tenure. It's been kind of a, a wild tenure for Ron Rivera. And he just said, par for the course. Yeah, I think it's like one of the first, like, <laughs> like okay. he's he's he was a good hire for a team in chaos because he's Ron Rivera and because he's handled all this so well. Um, this sounds like frustration because it's it's his family, it's all these other people's families around the building where none of them know if they're going to be employed a year from now. And they've, if of any team in the league, they've been let down by their ownership. He also um, came out publicly and was quoted saying on Tuesday, we do not have this sound, uh, but I do have the quote. That quote, I'm a big bang theory guy. I'm a really? big, big bang theory guy. I'm like the show, I'm a, well, I'm, a big, is, I'm in Bang Theories too in terms of like when we're discussing people being on the short end of things. But does no, he, he means the television he's a big, program. Big Big Bang Theory guy. You don't know how to say it. It's like re- rebound. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he called it. That's funny. Um, uh, anything, just, just, Greg? I don't know, I don't know what the context was for that. But Not I just, necessary. I just thought it, it just it works as it is for us. 
Uh, I thought it was interesting that on the same day that Sean Payton and George Payton, not related, not spelled the same, but working together. Uh, Probably annoying for both men. Yeah. um, Yeah. Spoke about Jerry Judy and and Cortland Sutton. And Sean Payton said, we are not trading them. And uh, George Payton said, we're not interested in trading them. And on the very same day, there was reporting from Denver media that was like, well, unless they get like a better offer. Here's Peyton's uh, exact words. I think it's pretty common every offseason. Um, new coach, not a real deep receiver draft. Um, look, I've, I've been. You, you read a bunch of these things that are that are written now, and and uh, I would say a number of teams have called it's early players. It's early. Uh, but I said it yesterday that it's not something we're interested in doing. It's one of the most beautiful hotels I've ever stayed at in my life. Maybe the nicest I've ever been in. Um, and it has pools and various areas, huge uh, open green sun sunning areas. I believe there's a golf course. There is uh, bars here, there and everywhere. Uh, in other words, it's a wonderful place to spend a night before the coach's breakfast. Hmm. We, um, Greg and I were there one year and we saw, uh, Bill Belichick and, uh, Linda Holiday, um, returning from a heated one on one tennis battle with each other. Is that where we saw Anderson Cooper as well, Greg? Yes. I'm sweating and panting. On a run. We've, we've milked, uh, I mean, the, the, ex- <laughs> that one pretty hard yeah, over I mean, the years. The ex- <laughs> if you're a new listener, it's new information. The expenses but. that we, that we incurred <laughs> were so worth it for NFL media just for how many times we've. <laughs> gotten to use this story anyway i just find it funny that the way peyton gets around i mean it's essentially lying if if it was any other business but he's like i've read i've read those things like we know where they're coming from literally the same person uh that you know is quoting peyton and asking these questions mike uh cliss from um nine news in denver said from a source that uh the broncos wouldn't deal unless it was a second rounder for sutton or a first for judy so there's a very specific price they're not getting that price at this point they've got to kind of put the toothpaste back into the tube but at some point i don't know i'd give up a second but the only, for the only thing i know he's, he, he gets a lot of money so it's, it's a lot if you're if you're sean payton though and you've got to try to fix what happened last year on offense uh, like stripping away wide receivers he did mention it's not a great draft they don't have any draft picks like there is a world where it's like stick with these guys versus emptying the cupboard entirely. Yeah, just that report just gave me an idea. There's a very specific price for those guys. Don't know if they'll get it. A first for Judy seems unlikely. Second for Sutton. Who is giving a first for Jerry Judy? Hell no. Probably not. I do like Jerry Judy. Um, any other sound, guys? Any other? I have one other bit of news that came out of uh, Arizona. I mean, we we've got to. we've got the proposals. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about that. All right, let's talk about uh, the NFL owners' vote in favor of letting players wear number zero. I love this. The league voted Tuesday to allow all players, other this sucks for the the big men though. Yeah. Other than offensive and defensive linemen, to wear the jersey number zero. It was, I always like who submitted the proposal to. The Eagles submitted it. It also allows kickers and punters to use any jersey numeral between 0 and 49 and 90 to 99. That bothers me a little bit. Do you want your place kicker out there at number 93? Maybe. Is he making Maybe. the f- kick? No. I don't know. I kind of like it. I mean, I, He's I'm, not making the kick. I'm a little surprised um, <laughs> that this playful little rule just swept right through. Um, I'm really happy that it did. 
I feel for these the, the behemoths, though, that they, they have Who? to have what? the offensive and defensive linemen. That's another Sessler word. What? The behemoths? I say behemoth. <laughs> behemoth. <laughs> Calvin Ridley, by the way, tweeted, um, excited to be the first Jaguars player to wear zero. Shout out to Jags Equip. <laughs> wow, the, the equipment guys have a Twitter handle. I love it. Uh, we we did learn though that like this this was as low octane of rules changes. I feel well, like we led with number zero. No, no, I like that. Yeah, that was <laughs> honestly the most interesting thing that actually passed. The other things that passed were quite minor. Uh, making tripling penalty a, a personal foul. They were like tweaking what the definition of launch means. Uh, you can't benefit from the extension of the first half as a result of a penalty. Basically, uh, you can't intentionally commit a penalty on the at the end of the first half, which I did think happened once last yeah. year, uh, and and then get to, to run another play. But the interesting things didn't happen. Uh, Can I have one more that did happen? Sure, because I think it is it will come into play and will be interesting. The NFL also voted to expand instant replay to allow for a review on failed fourth down attempts. So it's yeah. typically I'd approve of that. Oh, that's automatic review then on a failed fourth down attempt that usually is for scoring plays and turnovers. And I guess a fourth down attempt that fails is a kind of a turnover. So it is logic to it. That's good. I don't know where that one came from. Submitted by the Texans. Um, they they did not approve uh, the tunt, the the punt touchback, which I like that idea. They were going to make a uh, punt. If you hit the ball into the end zone with a punt, mm-hmm. it goes back to the 25. That didn't happen. Uh, they didn't. They tabled once again the the rule where you try the fourth and twenty. Yes, the onside kick. They keep tabling yeah. it though. They want to talk about it again. I I like that. Uh, but they rejected making a personal foul a penalty in terms of uh, hitting the quarterback reviewable, which I really thought might and happen. And they didn't even get close. And that's the to me the whole thing's a failure until they finally let common sense prevail. That is going to continue, not just the quarterback. I also think for any type of targeting type foul on these vicious hits that are happening in a game that is moving so fast that can swing a contest uh, in terms of it could be a, a it could be a fourth and 20 and there's a hit over the middle or a quarterback gets taken down and they get it should be a turnover. And instead, it's not only not even a, not only just the first down, a 15 yard gain for the offense. If it's a play that could be that consequential, take a look. It doesn't happen all that often where it should really dis- – I think maybe the pace of play is something that they are they have an eye on that they're trying to protect as well, uh, and that could be coming into play, but I think it's too important to ignore. Yeah, I mean, if anything, over the last number of years, they've been reactive to rule changes that you know blow up play up get playoff games, become talking points on Twitter, and the roughing the passer thing to me – Fell right into that territory, and I think it's a lost opportunity. The the Lions had some great ideas. You said you like seeing who I do who proposes it. The Lions were money. Uh, they wanted to get uh, more opportunities to get another challenge. Basically, if you keep getting your challenges right, you get a third. They rejected that. You know that's lame. And then they also wanted to be able to challenge uh, personal fouls. That like you, yeah, it's similar uh, to the to the quarterback one, but basically any personal foul that you could be able to challenge that since that's such a big penalty Mm. and they ended up taking that away. They withdrew it Mm. because they knew it wasn't going to pass holding down our lines, just like you two suppressors are doing. Don't put me in the anti-lions camp. At first first, when we were at the season and Jamal Williams was there, we were like, Oh yeah, we're going to run it back. We were talking about running it back that night, you know, (laughs) at the Packers night. And now well, we we're right at falling high. We were right at high in that moment. What world do you live in, Greg? 
It's a beautiful one. <laughs> Sunny. I should mention as well, not connected to the owners' meetings, the Seahawks reached a one-year $7 million deal to bring back Bobby Wagner coming off a all-pro season with the Rams. Uh, this is – I love it. Everyone loves it. You like to see the homegrown guys that had long careers – um, stay there the whole time. He went to L.A. in a, a weird scenario. It's like his John Lennon year when he broke up with Yoko. and just Exactly. And I think he was does. second team all pro, but didn't seem to have a, a huge market. So I, maybe that's a little bit something where you squint, like how good was he last year? And now he's a year older. But if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, you're loving it. One year, seven million turned into like the kind of Mick contract for – like really good, but aging players, especially linebackers, Levante David got the same thing. Although there's been some reports questioning how, like if this was an up to 7 million or guaranteed 7 million, like Seahawks fans were complaining way too much about this. Just be happy you got Bobby Wagner back. Come on. I like this little nugget. Remember we talked about the report cards for all these teams and how the Cardinals yes. mm-hmm. um, were absolutely flamed by their own players for everything from the cafeteria. The, the uneven to, floors and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, just a hot mess. But <laughs> Jonathan Gannon has been working very closely with Michael Bidwell, the owner, to work on some of that stuff. And he said he's never even read the report card. But he's like, we're doing things differently. He's so, never read the report card? Well, that's what he said. It's not reactive off Great the report sign. card. He doesn't care about it, but he, he no, already no, saw things. to even look at it. That's well, what I know sorry. he wasn't there, so I guess that's not as obnoxious. Wait, yeah. I, for a second, I thought you meant Bidwell. I no, no, no. I, no, I think Bidwell, if anything, was getting credit from Gannon for proactively wanting to work on things. So that's a pro for, um, you know, you, I, I don't know if they pay for coffee in that building, but it sounded like it. One little... Uh, thing that they, was kind of did, did bubble up was uh, the Herbert contract talks have started. It's like I do like it when they're like just one day Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert hopefully just like sign a big contract and it's not this like long running story. Wouldn't it be nice? Um, I have my doubts when it comes to Burrow just because it's the Bengals, but prove me wrong, Bengals. It is, it is interesting not to endlessly go in the cycle of talking about the the Lamar contract. If, if Herbert... Or Burrow, and I wonder if some of this is tied into everyone waiting to see how the Lamar saga uh, unfolds. If those guys don't get fully guaranteed contracts, like, but that you know. that ship no. has sailed. No one thinks he has a chance to get a fully guaranteed Who? contract, Lamar, at this point. Yeah, he, but even I mean, Lamar what about these guys? Publicly, what about these guys? Well, I would assume they won't either, but I would assume they'll get more guaranteed money than Kyler Murray got. Feels like the logic. Lamar should the, be going the to very the very little starting point. Lamar should be going to the Falcons, but the uh, team decided that Desmond Ritter and Tyler Heineke are their guys. And uh, Arthur Smith said Tuesday that the second-year pro Ritter will begin the season as the team's starting quarterback. The plan is to start Desmond. That's our plan going forward. I think right that's coming now. from the owner Ooh, that's on a spicy meatball. I'm really looking forward to at some point this offseason. I gotta just watch you. We, we gotta all just watch all the Desmond Ritter throws. I promise you, and I, then, I, I must because from 2022. I, I feel like I'm going crazy. And that, and then we'll come in with some fiery hot takes. It's gonna be an exciting week. On, it would maybe just make it Desmond Ritter week. Well, his last two games, he did improve, but it's, it's a this stretch. This is a disturbing and ominous headline from ESPN. Seahawks' Pete Carroll quashes talk of Jamal Adams' demise. Mm. It seems pretty heavy. <laughs> Fiery headline. They, yeah, they, he does, How about just like job security? He does seem, uh, there were a couple little receiver moves that could matter. G, DJ Chark got $5 million from the Panthers. 
I mean, at this point, he has a chance, at least, to be their number one receiver. So at least it's worth noting. Or number two, he's going to play. Nelson Aguilar is a member of the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, oh, they are come making on back. moves. Come on back, Lamar. Why did the Ravens specialize in signing <laughs> underwhelming wide receivers? I actually think, think that's a good contract. One for three and a half for Nelson Aguilar, who's, you know, he's got some juice left. He made, well, a, go he sign, made a couple go amazing plays Bryan last year. Again. I mean, I, I, everyone that was with the Patriots, you almost can throw out that year. I mean, I'd rather have him than Devontae Parker, who the, who the Patriots are paying like $6 million to. Just saying. Right. Anything else? Taylor Rapp to the Bills. We're really... Bang. Right. Will Anything you ever else? stop talking, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> Making sure we're covered. Uh, uh, all right, good. <laughs> I think we covered it. Let's get this. Uh, let's get this bad boy out to the public again. A reminder that Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network, draft guru, they call him. At least that's what the teenagers call him. He'll be on this show tomorrow in a draft special for Around the NFL, so be there for that. And then we'll have another show later this week with the great Colleen Wolf because we're getting her every week. Are you noticing that? That's a great trend. The summer of Connie has been compromised. Let's go. That's what we do. We compromise summers. <laughs> All right. Uh, until... We meet again. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.